At the starting of the week At Summit Talks you'll hear them speak It's only Monday Negotiations breaking down See those leaders start to frown It's sword and gun back in the saddle hey man <laughs> how's it feel it's uh not necessarily just rusty it just feels like i left my child and uh, like a staples or something and i forgot to <laughs> to go pick him up kind of uh you know for quite, quite some time um, you're a i wouldn't say being summoned but so yesterday in the pickup we were coming back from gonzalez uh, i had to go out on, go out on a call yeah and uh, one of the shows that I, I watch periodically is Hot Ones. <laughs> okay. So Logan loves the show. And, of course, he loves your podcast. And uh, My the, number one fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Anyways, he uh, – well, actually, Jen, I, I, I told Jennifer, I said, you know, why don't we order, you know, some of their hot sauces in, like, you and I, you know, you know we'll make it a good – you know, home date. Okay. With the boys. Yeah. Cook up some hot wings. And see if we could beat the challenge. Your nephew was like, I have a good idea, Dad. I was like, what is it? He's like, why don't I take the hot sauces to Uncle Will's? Him and I do the podcast. Do the hot ones challenge. Okay. Then you and him can do it. Okay. I was like, so you first, huh? And he's like, yes. All right. So he is wanting... To be your first Hot Ones official okay. guest. All right, Logan, whenever you hear this, bud, uh, once I have this posted, I am going to um, make it official. We're making it official here on the Undone Podcast. Logan, <laughs> I am challenging you. I am challenging you to the Hot Ones challenge, and I'll let you know your Uncle Will has quite a bit of a, um, a hot streak. Um, but honestly, man, he's probably gonna kick my butt if I'm. <laughs> man, it's he's up and down with spicy food. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's a associate of mine that worked at the store, and um, he actually got me into hot sauces. And um, there's one time there's a girl that came into work, and her name is Andrea, and Andrea um, was there in the back. And uh, Walker, he was like, hey, Andrea, I've got this um, hot sauce. And, it, man, it was like Mad Dog 357 or oh, something dude, like that. Oh, dude, that stuff is harsh. It, it, it tastes like metal. It literally tasted like so metal. So then you, you already have a step up on this. Yeah. So you, you, you have tried it. Well, well so uh, uh, do you remember when um, we went to that pizza Atomic. place? Yes. Atomic. Yes. And we went to that pizza place, and uh, I, I was going through this little hot sauce phase. Oh, yeah. And and um, um, who was what? It was, uh, it was me, you, and I think Lloyd, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like... Hey, like, let's throw it on the pizza. And Jennifer just, like, downed it and, and, and whatnot. I, I don't understand, like, how she was able to do that. This is liquid metal. It doesn't even taste. 
it's there's no taste it's not pleasurable yeah it is just pain so like ether oh yeah (laughs) exactly you know uh but um i'm uh, i'm excited um relatively speaking because that's going to be a a painful i'll videotape it too we'll do a video cast that'll that'll be a good one man (laughs) a good one i'll put it on logan and whatnot archives definitely but um man something that i definitely wanted to talk to you about because we both went through this um was uh, a couple weeks ago was the winter storm um that millions of texans lost their power they lost water pressure in some cases um they were freezing in their houses um and people died you know and especially with your expertise in energy and natural gas you know i I wanted to talk about as far as you know back in 2011 something similar had happened you know and yes and, and like with your expertise and i guess from the natural gas perspective what went wrong what could have been done and what wasn't done from your perspective so from man i have to really really go back in in my archive because i I could count on probably let's see i've been in the oil and gas industry for 20 years now and a good 17 years of that i was actually at the source Mm-hmm. meaning at the wellhead and I, I just recall you know every every winter actually probably i'd say mid-october we would have to start prepping and that 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 consists of uh, you know buying uh, equipment material mm-hmm. to basically start winterizing uh, your your facilities and at the wellhead level now uh, facilities consist of you know where all your your wells go to like go to one point they go into a compressor then they get transferred into a bigger pipeline that bigger pipeline could go east west north or south mm-hmm. of course whichever you know contract they have at the, at the time okay um so, so some of the duties was uh you know methanol methanol is a good good product for for winterizing mm-hmm. you know via Put it in your pipeline, pump it in the well. Uh, pumping it in the well really didn't benefit that much, but it helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And again, methanol is not a de-icer. A lot, there's a lot of misconception on that. A lot of people think, oh, you got an ice block, let's pump methanol. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Methanol prevents it from forming uh, like a block. Oh, okay. So there's that. And, uh, of course, at your facility level, you know, uh, keeping your louvers closed on your compressor, which if you have any oil field guys going to be listening, man, they're going to be like, oh, man, <laughs> I know what he's talking about. <laughs> but fast-forwarding to now, and I, I thought about this a lot. Yeah. From from the week that it was happening up until just yesterday because it was devastating, you know, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, I, I guess let me back back up. I, there's a lot of point, you know, finger pointing. Yeah, you know, this that, you know, this probably should have been done better. At the end of the day, you know, you have to ask yourself if you owned a business, and that business was to provide some source source of energy, which is natural gas, and 
you have this catastrophic event happening, would you put your own people at risk, you know, to make sure those wells are producing? No. Yeah. I mean, because what, what person is going to want that accountability on their lap oh, if, yeah. if, that, if, that, if one of their employees, uh, you know, had a, a fatal car crash or, you know, slid off the road and, you know, died? Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was just it was devastating. And another another thing I thought of was, where where look at the locations of all these wells are at. Where are they out in the country? Yeah, in the middle Just, of nowhere. Yeah. Right? So how do you access them by county roads? Are those county roads being driven daily to no. for the ice to dethaw? No. So I, I bring that point up because uh, it, it was. It was said that, you know, oil field people are always in four-by-four pickups. Yes, to a point. Everyone is in a heavy-duty truck that probably has four-by-four, you know, probably make make it some places, but not all. Mm -hmm. So you have that to combat. You know, TxDOT wasn't out there working on a county road 301 Mm -hmm. or county road, you know, 1014. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle of nowhere. So you have all these things that, you're combating to help provide that energy. Yeah. And in some cases, there were some companies that, that forced some employees to actually go out. I, I talked to a few. And, of course, that employee was very disgruntled about it. He's like, I made it. Yeah. But he's like, even when the places I made it, I, I, didn't, I didn't do much good because of how severe ice was forming. Mm-hmm. And how severe uh, the temperatures were, and uh, you know how low they stayed. Yeah. See, that was the bad part. Was it was always below freezing. No, and, and I, I don't think I have ever experienced. I, I probably have experienced below zero, but as far as how consistent below, you know, thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit was, man, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, you know. I know in Wimberley, I had probably at the at the peak maybe a foot of snow, mm-hmm. and it it never it was it wasn't going away. <laughs> it's like by day three, I was like, okay, maybe it'll start, you know, puddling. Yeah, no. <laughs> and you know, it made even worse too. Was like when the snow, like the temperature would go up. Um, I think it was probably that Wednesday, Thursday. But it was melting and then refreezing yes, by the end of the night. At the night, yeah, you know, we would, would would drop. Uh, but before I get too sidetracked, uh, so so the years that we, when you were actually living with me, uh, you know, we we had a few bad winters. Oh, oh yeah, nothing, for sure. nothing like this. Yeah, for sure. But in the oil and gas uh, area, anything below seventy is cold. Because Why? you got to remember, when natural gas goes through a, a pressure drop or a a pressure change, mm-hmm. you're going to have a cold spot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much for ice to start building in your pipe, and more ice that's building, you know, smaller hole, it'll start to enclose, and that's another another uh, thing you have to combat when you have ice blocks forming in these uh, flow lines. That's it's like a bomb waiting to go off. People have been killed because of ice blocks mm-hmm. in midsummer. That's insane. In midsummer, yes. That's what I'm saying. It's so a lot of people looking from the outside in, you know, 
it's easy for them to cast judgment or cast, you know, whatever. Oh, for sure. You know, whatever, however they feel about it. And it's like, you know, I have to turn that shit off. It's, it's not, not interrupt you. I feel like it's when you talk about energy in particular, um, and it's one of those topics that are so partisan in nature because, um, it, it becomes a Rorschach test of, you know, are you, I think some people jump to conclusions based off of, I'm guilty you know, of it. Yeah. I am. No, same. Uh, and you know, it's, it, at least, you know, we're able to admit it, uh, to, to, you know, identify that, Hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, think of that person that way. Maybe they're open-minded, you know, but I, I think it's become such a partisan issue and it was made a partisan issue. Um, like, it was probably that Monday where, you know, Abbott, you know, went on Fox News on Sean Hannity at seven and was saying, hey, the windmills froze up. And then pretty much everybody was like, wait a minute. Antarctica has windmills. North Dakota has windmills. You know, uh, Nordic countries have windmills. That doesn't make sense. You know, so that shot that down immediately. Yes and no. Yes mm-hmm. and no. So there, there was a, a good video that I, I mentioned to you a while back. Uh, Vox, not Fox, Vox mm-hmm. put out that every main entity that provides energy to us mm-hmm. via coal, natural gas, nuclear, and solar mm-hmm. all had catastrophic failures. Mm-hmm. Everything did in the state of Texas. So we'll just say, okay, uh, Hub A, wherever you want to imagine. Yeah. Let's let's call it the wind farm. Say they have three hundred wind, wind wind turbines going. They lost probably forty percent of that. Yeah. Now switch to the natural gas hub B. They lost probably fifty percent of their output. Mm-hmm. So each of these hubs lost a major major part of their operations. Yeah. It wasn't just one entity. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. And so it's like. That's where people could get sidetracked on the political standpoint because Texas, yes, it's big. Oil, it's oil and gas. That's the biggest oil and gas state. Yeah, the energy capital yes. of the United States, arguably it, it, of the world. The world. Yeah. It's it's like the next Saudi Arabia. Yeah, actually, I, thought, I may be crucified for this, but I think like Odessa Premium actually surpassed Saudi Arabia at one point at, at the peak of its boom. Like exports or yeah, just everything. Just oh wow, yes. <clears throat> So, you know, knowing these facts now, it, it just it doesn't fall in one person's lap. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, one hub or one oh, entity. For sure. It's it's it was all. And something else I learned about our grid, which is very fascinating. Yes, even though we're we're, we're pretty much we we cut ties with the United States on being, you know, end of uh, the Eastern inter- interconnection, yes, the Western interconnection. Yes, you got yeah. refresh my memory yeah. on that. We, all these hubs are interacted with one another, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't know this. So, you know, hub A is actually connected to hub B. Mm-hmm. Hub B is connected to hub G. Yeah. So when one of them have failures, oh, buddy, you need some help? Okay, I'll send energy your way. Yeah. Oh, you need energy? You got it. They couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. They couldn't. And I know we were on the brink of actually having a complete blackout. Four minutes and three. 37 seconds yes if I'm that not is scary to think of that and, and well tell people why why is that scary like the, re- the rebuild would take forever you can't the, some of these facilities you can't cold boot 
like a cold start. Yeah. You just can't do it. It's I, like once you get the ball rolling, you got to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. You, you can't stop it and then push it. No, um, I uh, I make this analogy, um, and this is not to be, you know, uh, rude about it, um, but it was like going back to 1850. Um, you know, I didn't have power from that Sunday. The winter storm came in into the, the following Thursday morning. And um, long story short, um, a lot, what a lot of people, like you're saying, they don't understand is that it, it one minimum uh, ERCOT released that in the event of a catastrophic failure, which it already was, but in the event that they lost everything, a minimum of 18 months to restart the power generators dude that 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 would that would be absolutely chaotic uh modern society in general could not survive without electricity i think this last week kind of showed that you know that the average american or average texan in fact isn't prepared uh for for catastrophic natural disaster events um, that result in a loss of power or just access to their creature comforts. Um, and it's one, it, it's sad um, in a way because if we were connected to the Eastern interconnection, which there technically is a connection yes, uh, is. to New Mexico um, or the Western interconnection, like you were saying, it's in Beaumont. yeah, to where um, I, I think it's like 90% of Texas is on ERCOT. Yes. Um, and it doesn't include El Paso, like Texarkana, and I, I, I think, you know, those panhandle parts. But um, that we would have been able to borrow power from other hubs within the United States. I think this is where it gets partisan more, yes. more than anything is because initially speaking, our grid was built to avoid federal regulation and federal oversight. And... Um, I think, you know, former Governor Rick Perry came out and he said, you know, this really disgusting um, quote. And I say that because, I mean, people died and he's over here, you know, hey, <laughs> Texans will uh, will go without power longer to avoid the feds from, you know, having any say so. I, I think that's silly. so ignorant, man. Yeah, that is ignorant. And I mean, tell that to the, the parents of that 11 year old or to, you know, any person that really just suffered. Or, you know, I don't have to go as far as, you know, death. But, yeah, people literally died, you know. And um, I, I think, yeah, like not one energy um, source was responsible. If I'm not mistaken, the most resilient was nuclear power. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, well, what's your take on that? What's your take on that? Why, um, why do people, you know, why do people not like nuclear power? Chernobyl. <laughs> it's, it's 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 plain and simple man chernobyl though those events man put a lot of fear in a lot of people at that time that are still living today mm -hmm. you know uh, uh refresh my memory on the year 1985 okay. uh, or 198 it was right actually 1989 possibly because it was right right around and arguably led up to the end of the soviet union i wish i could recall there was a <clears throat> joe rogan and uh Elon Musk actually brought this up during their podcast. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, Elon actually had a very good take, man. I, I just, I, I'm going to, I'll misquote what he said. Yeah. But I know there was a lot of negative, even at that, at that higher level 
of intellectuals. They, not a lot of them are against it, but I know, like I said, it's everybody have to kind of go back and oh, look for at sure. that podcast. But hey, uh, I can pull it up right now. Um, yours. I, I do know that um, one. I don't think we actually have. I don't think we have the resources to even do nu- another nuclear. I, I, I'm not really that much educated in it. Yeah. Uh, I do know it, it's, you know, it, it wreaks more benefits and it's the longevity yeah. is, is more there, you know, it's going to be there for the long, long run. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I think you're right. The, the public, you know, sentiment on nuclear power is such is plagued by Chernobyl or the Fukushima disaster. And what was that? 2012 to where there are these one-off events that are they are catastrophic i mean yes. i i don't you know um i don't know if people can still go into chernobyl but i think there are dead zones to where the radiation levels would be so poisonous to any organism that you just can't go in there uh, but i i think the biggest thing too is the disposal of nuclear waste i know in parts of texas uh they're trying to um pretty much do the zoning for the next or the fifth uh nuclear power plant uh but essentially communities are fighting off like hey like where are we going to put the nuclear waste which is the the biggest downside yeah that's that's a that's a con man that's the biggest one of the biggest ones yeah is where you're gonna put all that crap yeah because i mean like would you want no (laughs) yeah no yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, here in Wimberley, you know, I'm, I'm so pro oil and gas because that's what puts food on my table. Mm-hmm. You know, people in Wimberley, man, they fought that Kendall Morgan pipeline mm-hmm. and fought and fought and fought. Mm-hmm. And I I agree, you know, who wants a pipeline in their backyard? Yeah. But you know what's, what's ironic and funny about all that? The people that were sitting there bitching about it were not the landowners. They're just the general public mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, throw throw shade on it yeah i i mean uh, this is like because uh, our, our our local representative uh aaron's wiener um she is the biggest you know proponent of fighting Ken- the kinder morgan yes. pipeline um i know that spills do happen yes they um do. They and, do. and they're they're catastrophic um and so if i'm not mistaken there's a spill that actually happened this last week that uh was it was like 1.2 million gallons oh uh, we're at a, i'm gonna have to pull it up in fact um but it was a, it was a 40 year old pipeline that had been you know I, I guess you know any new construction or newer technology to detect uh pressure changes inside these pipelines because these pipelines are crazy long um but i, I mean this Hell, this goes into to Keystone and the Keystone oh, yeah. issue, you know. And yeah. um, I, you know, I'm torn. I really am torn because uh, on one hand, uh, it doesn't help that uh, one. I'm reading this book right now called Uninhabitable Earth. Yes. And it, it's talking about essentially by the time, let's see. So I will be, I will be, I think, 106 or 105 years old in the year. 2100 and it it talks about you know what you know the earth's climate is going to be like in 2100 if we keep the same energy yeah exactly because we're we're currently seeing like on the trajectory that we're going on 
a minimum of a three degree to four degree increase worldwide. And like you and I, we both look outside. Well, hell, shit looks fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yes. But I mean, these extreme weather events, you know, like uh, the winter apocalypse or um, hell, Harvey. Yeah, the hurricanes. Yeah, hurricanes that keep happening and happening, the wildfires. It's, it's, I think the argument that climate change, one, anyone that tells me that climate change isn't real, I, it's not that I'm trying to be disparaging towards them. It's I don't take them serious. Uh, because any serious person would say, okay, like, yes, the climate has always changed. But the I, I don't know how do you convince someone of something that is a hyper-complex issue that you don't see the effects for, for decades or generations, in fact. I, I think it's one of those people are afraid mm-hmm. to to be proactive, to look. What, what lies ahead it, it probably scares the shit out of them yeah you know that that kind of topic like who wants to think about the the sea level you know raising up to the statue of liberty's hand <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. think about that yeah. doesn't oh. that not scare the shit out of you oh for sure for i mean sure. we all saw uh what's that day after tomorrow day after tomorrow <laughs> you know we just watched greenland oh okay. and dude <laughs> I didn't. I had to. I had to take like four melatonin, man. That's it's a scary thought. That is a scary movie, but a good movie. Exactly. Very good movie. Uh, Gerard Butler, um, man crush of mine. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's two different <laughs> topics, but man, you know, it's it gives you get that emotion of thinking, what you know, what's the future going to hold for us? Yeah. And and kind of going back, yes, I know I'm pro oil, oil and gas. Yeah. You know, I I'm not the guy from West Texas or wherever. So I know oil field people from West Texas get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You know, they're oil field trash, which I had to get, I got into an argument about that here in Wimberley because they, they think. Talk about oh, that, yeah. Well, they just think anybody in the oil field is trash, that they don't care about the environment. No, that's bullshit. We probably care about it more than you do because at the end of the day, that's our job. Yeah. You know, we want to make it better than what we found it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I know, man. You'll you'll probably, uh, you know, it was it was very poor of me to to bring this up, but I asked one. I was like, "Do you drive a car?" Yeah. Yes. I was like, "Okay. Do you, what do you fill it up with?" She's like, "Gas." I was like, "Do you put oil in it?" I guess. It's like, then stop. Don't drive it no more. <laughs> Since you think oil oil and gas is trash, then stop driving your fucking car. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Do you have natural gas in your house?" She's like, "Yes." Cut it off. Exactly. I was like, you know, if you're going to have a poor attitude and generalize anybody in the oil and gas sector, then then, then don't. Yeah. Just, just quit it. Quit it. And the thing is, it's like when you start, you know, pointing out, you know, because uh, I, I think people that, you know, know me and listen, um, they know, I think, where I lie on the political spectrum. But the thing is that to have these conversations about, how do we, you know, be good stewards of the environment? Yeah, personally, custodians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To where, to where um, man, personally, I'm like existential, like nihilist about this. I don't think anything is getting better. I think the human condition is so apathetic that, I mean, look at two weeks ago, like we were talking about. People have already forgotten that the winter storm happened. I mean, yeah, they'll bring it up in conversation. 
But I mean, they should be, you know, screaming from the rooftops. Hey, motherfuckers, y'all fix this. Yeah. Again, like I said, man, it's people. uh, I I don't want to generalize. It's okay. A lot of of people (laughs) just don't, they they don't have the capacity, man, to, Mm -hmm. to have that thought. Yeah. It's like everyone already forgot about Wuhan. Yeah. Like no one's talking about where did COVID come from? Yeah. It's like it's swept under the rug. Mm Mm-hmm that is bad like that is that's a big foul mm-hmm. we should still be talking about it yeah so we could prevent it from happening again i i think um when it comes to these they are negative topics i did a uh i'm gonna call it a panel uh for for one of my associates and they you know they're asking questions about related to climate change and um you know, like there's two competing definitions, right? There's the actual definition of the study of, you know, weather pa- patterns and climates, you know, throughout time um, and how that changes and affects the earth. Um, and then there's this newer contemporary definition that is a partisan, you know, Rorschach test of, you know, if it's man-made or not. I think personally, and the science shows that since the industrialization of first world countries, that yeah, we have been spilling carbon into our atmosphere, creating and causing greenhouse gases. And I encourage people to read this book. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the uninhabitable earth is, it is scary. It is fucking terrifying because there's nowhere to hide. And um, when you know these extreme weather events occur i think i've been in five or six floods in the last six years and and before you know this decade you know flooding in this region wasn't as common frequent. as yeah as frequent yeah. because every year now i i expect for their oh damn i'm gonna lose another car yeah. <laughs> or or something but it, it pains me because whether it's people generalizing people who work in a certain industry or um, who drive a certain vehicle, um, they, they make these assumptions. And especially, you know, growing up in West Texas, um, I think it, you know, as someone, you could probably speak to this, it sucks being just like boiled down to, oh, oil filled trash, yeah. you, you know, um, because I mean... Look, as as much as I think we should decouple from fossil fuels, there is no viable technology right now to pretty much. It's, it, man, you have to have it to get to that point. Yeah, you, you're just gonna, even Elon Musk admitted that. Yeah, he's like oil and gas is going to be here for a while. He's like without it, I can't do what I do. Yeah, I mean you just can't. Computers, electronics. I mean you, batteries, you, you, everything. Plastics. Everything's a byproduct from from petroleum. Yeah. And again, you know, I'm going to go down a topic that not a lot of people are educated. You know, they just don't realize what we use every day is a byproduct from oil and gas Mm -hmm. via transportation, how you got it, or via how it was made. Mm -hmm. And that facility, how did it get its power? (laughs) Oil and gas. I I, I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. So to, to stem off from it, you know, I don't think we're going to see it in our lifetime. That's just my opinion. Really? I, I, really I, th- don't. I, I think so too. Uh, I think we'll I see don't. the the beginning of it. Um, like it's 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 weird because uh, this is before we go off into the weeds. I I really think we're living in this weird cyberpunk dystopian future now um, because 
I didn't know what an NFT was until two days ago. And that's called a non-fungible token, right? And that's essentially, uh, I don't know if you saw this, this guy purchased uh, LeBron James video clips for $175,000. And they are his. They, he owns them. He, Even has, the right to, he, he, has, he has the right to Exactly, own. to where on the you know, whether it's Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, um, on the blockchain, he people can verify that he owns them, that that guy owns them. So if, like, ESPN airs these clips, he gets... I don't know. I really don't. I Man, think that's a slippery slope no, right there. And, and so it's um, to where we own these moments now, to where... That's scary. Exactly, to where, you know... Uh, electric vehicles. I remember back in 2013, 2014, oh, someone had a Tesla. Like, you would see one. Oh, yeah. Man, they're everywhere now. Yeah, they're everywhere. And um, solar panels. I'm seeing the, my neighbor down the street just installed solar panels and whatnot. But until, like, I don't think we could ever, ever, for the foreseeable future, um, I think by 2050, you know, yeah, we're going to be seeing these really interesting technologies, um, like whether it's um, these giant carbon capture machines or just giant air filters. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to stem off the uh, the carbon, yeah. that, that, that little statement you made. You know, I know Exxon Mobil, BP, and uh, Bill Gates have, I may have it wrong, I know Exxon Mobil and Bill Gates actually teamed up to make these carbon gathering points, and they are working. Now, of course, that's what we're being told. Yeah. So don't crucify me. <laughs> uh, now, I do know, and I don't know if you if you looked at the new study, that we have cleaned up our carbon in the United States. Like, we're, we're not admitting as much mm -hmm. as we used to. Now, I, they're giving homage to them for their part. Yeah. Meaning Exxon, Bill Gates. I mean, they, these facilities are like $40 billion. Yeah. They're massive. Have you seen them? No, no, I haven't. It's actually pretty cool. It, they're basically taking like compressors, what you see out in the oil and gas industry. Yeah. And they're putting these, these uh, filtr uh, filtr filtration. Well, there's, it's that, but it, there's another. Uh, Filterette. Yeah, it's like another term at the end of it that they're using to, to basically clean up the airflow. And, and they're they're seeing good benefits from it. I, it's actually crazy. I, I didn't know. I just saw this uh, about a year ago, mm -hmm. you know, when, when they kicked the first one off. I think it was in Colorado. Yeah. Colorado, North Dakota. I know they, they have a couple. Yeah. No, I, I think um, it, going back to this panel I was on, because I think this ties into it really well, because they're asking, hey, what can we do to get the public more aware in terms of marketing, right? And the, the, the problem is... <laughs> Since the first Earth Day in 1976, nobody really cares. They don't. They don't. They really and, don't. And because really. we've been doing it, we've been marketing to people. Hey, you know. Uh, but but another problem is, is 90 percent of all carbon emissions come from Fortune 500 companies. You know, and to put the onus on people that hey. You know, Do people, your part. yeah. Oh, you got to drink out of a paper straw, or you can't have a plastic <laughs> bag, or you, it, 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 these ridiculous, uh, and like, do they help? Of course, but in terms of actually you, making a difference, no, it's 
the corporations that need to do their part. And um, I, I, it's, I don't think it's a hole we could dig ourselves out of. I think that we've already done the damage that whether it's because it's this complex web, you know, it's, it's everything we do. And um, whenever there's more carbon in the atmosphere, makes the temperatures hotter to where, you know, more clouds can't form and the ocean heats up and that kills off, you know, the, the biosphere inside the ocean that absorbs the carbon. <laughs> and it's just this feedback loop, this feedback loop, this you know, feedback loop. If, if someone was to ask me, you know, who would you nominate or recommend to lead this charge? It would be ExxonMobil. Really? Yeah. Now, uh, you know, Bill Gates, of course, but, you know, I, I would throw Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk in there as well. well Why, not just rely on one Mongol. Yeah. You know, put them all in there. Yeah. Well, well so this is, um, when it comes to Exxon and Shell, um, you know, they did internal studies that they knew back in the 70s that what they were doing was destroying the environment. I think that they play an insidious part in this because they've been denying, denying, denying. Um, and it's just the cost of doing business to yeah, them. You know, it's big they, business. Man. Yeah, they, they got fined, I think it was $60 million. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, hey, that's a slap on the wrist for a trillion dollar company, right? Um, and I, I, I don't know, like, what we can do other than carbon capture. And actually, I think holding people accountable that's that's the other thing yeah accountability but man don't you think that i mean it really seems that there's two justice systems and no matter whether it's criminal law or civil law that if you're wealthy and a part of the elite um or just in the donor class that you can pay your way out of it that i i i can't name anyone that comes to mind that has actually been held accountable that is a wealthy billionaire or millionaire because i mean look at epstein <laughs> they, they well we all know <laughs> we all know what happened there exactly and he, he disappeared um or or the number of them to where nothing it just seems that hey it's going to be business as usual and so until until we actually get politicians and leaders in government, I think that's when things may start to change. But, but uh, I mean, see, that, that, that could actually stem off into something else, man. Don't you think, you know, you got, you know, good Johnny over here. Hey, I'm going to do my part, give to the people, yeah. you know, listen. And then he gets all this money thrown at him. You know, it's like you just said, even politicians get bought. Even politicians yeah. get things, you know, bribes underneath the table. Yeah. I, and I, and yeah. I think that's where we, we lose them. Mm -hmm. And we have to. What else is there? I, I think it's, uh, it didn't always used to be this way. Um, back, I mean, before, you know, I mean, there's always been lobbyists, but until big money um got into into politics this is i might have the year wrong but the supreme court case uh buckley versus vallejo um allowed essentially money as speech um and then of course the more 
the more recent example is the Citizens United ruling in 2009 by the Supreme Court that an unlimited amount of money can be donated to, to candidates. So until Congress or the Supreme Court overrules their previous rulings, I mean, we really never had this problem. And uh, up until the arguably the tw late 20th century and then, you know, now, uh, modern, you know, 21st century. And, uh, you know, this goes back to, you know, I was going to ask you is like the the country that you and I live through that we grew up in, I think it's gone. I really do. Um, I, the economy has taken um, such a dark turn in terms of the last 12, 13 years to where people in 2007, 2008, they lose their houses, they lose their jobs. Um, and then are, you know, double tapped in 2010, 2011, and, you know, are fall even more into poverty. And then again, in 2020, you know, we, millions of people lost their jobs. I mean, arguably the greater depression, you know, the, good old Kobe. Yeah, exactly. And um, for for Logan, for Lane, I mean, what do you think? Because we talked about this kind of last time, you know, would you want your kids to go to college when the, the price of college has just become so exorbitant? You know, hell, when I was in college, it was rising. It's even more now. Yeah. You know, so what do you want the future to look like for them and what do you think based off of current trends it will look like man that, that's such a loaded question you know <laughs> i and that that is a you know a good good question to ask any parent but it's also a very it it instokes like fear like that feeling of fear especially now like you were saying all these events happening you know of course i want my boys to go to college i mean what parent doesn't yeah um of course i just want them to be successful but it's it's like now i'm having to do double with them at the house meaning be be a good savant on okay this is what this means okay you see this you know don't you can't you try not to think this, you know, yeah, it's everything on the TV. It's like, I, I turn the TV off now. Yeah. I let them watch their shows and that's it. I don't even let them watch the news anymore. I don't, I, we used to watch it every morning. Yeah. I, I I've just turned it off. And the second question, what do I think? Yeah. I, I happen to agree with you, man. I just, I think we're going down a rabbit hole. We're, we're not going to see the bottom, but we're not going to be back at the top. Mm -hmm. It's just going to keep going and going. And honestly, I don't know what it's going to take. I, I don't. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still waiting for a civil war that they keep talking about. <laughs> like, at one point, man, I really thought we we're going to – I still think we're going to see it Yeah. on the uh, Derek Chauvin case. depending oh, on, depending right. how Depending how that goes, it may get – pretty bad man, in some areas man so um mariah and i watched the body cam footage last night um i don't know i i, I guess with 
with uh, the recent settlement, the civil settlement with uh, the city, um, George Floyd's family getting $27 million. Um, and it, it's, it hasn't been, it's not that it's not in my mind. Um, it's just that I've been really focused on, holy crap, the geopolitical context the United States has found itself in is a very precarious position because on one hand you have half of the working population so about 50 million people out of work and on to, to compound that you have you know an ever increasing stock market if anything what covid showed is that one the stock market doesn't actually rec represent the actual economy um and then two or three that things that were said that could never have been done are now being done. Exactly. You yep. know, and uh, I, I think we have put ourselves in this very precarious position as a country, as a people, and, a, and no longer the cohesiveness of Americans. Like, what does it even mean to be American anymore? <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's whether you I don't point to Donald Trump as the 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 fall of America I think what I I he is a symptom of something that has been taking place for three decades and so we're in this very precarious position to where race relations are not good in the United States and we've never had a real reckoning with racism no. in the United States I call it the monopoly paradox and the monopoly paradox is essentially hell we can relate this to video games and grand theft auto if you try to get online right now all the cool stuff is expensive it is impossible to gather no matter how much work you put in it is extremely hard to get well yes i mean yes yeah. and no you you have to put in the time and effort yeah to, to grind your money because I, I play gta exactly um that is one of the downfalls of the game it, but that's also one of the perks of the game is it draws you in exactly You're but like, man i want that car. <laughs> but um it's a relate this to monopoly say everybody starts at the same time well by the end of the monopoly game it literally monopolizes who owns what and so say you have another player join in you know midway through the game are they going to ha gather or uh, gather the same amount of wealth that the other players ha have? Well, no, it's literally impossible. And um, and so the rules of the game right now, like people point, you know, whether it's you know, hey, in the current context of America, you know, the the, the rules aren't racist or anything. Well, shit, you've got 150, 200 years of you know, these bad policies that have essentially started people uh, on a leg back. I mean, all they know is to is economic insecurity. And I don't know, um, you know, whether I, I personally watching that video. Oh, Derek Chauvin's fucked and deservedly so. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I don't really see how the defense is they're trying to argue and whether you agree or disagree uh that i know that uh george floyd found was found with um fentanyl 
fentanyl and oh, I mean, uh, you see it in the video and uh, yeah the yeah they, they you know they take a pipe from him no no um, no you in the video you see fentanyl in his mouth really yes okay um yeah. i don't know if you saw that or not but for any reasonable or rational person um to say that someone's body weight on your your neck for nine minutes is not going to kill you is absurd and clearly in the civil case one whether the public agreed or disagreed which i think a majority of americans do agree that derek chauvin is rightly you know in jail or going to see time um i just don't really see how the defense has a case i really don't see what's going to be interesting is see uh, you may have to correct me on this i, th I think they're trying to get it down to uh Third degree? Yeah. Is it, third? it was second degree, right? Yeah. Now they're going to try to get in third degree? I think they're trying to pin both on him. See, uh, looking at at it, you know, was was George, George Floyd in the wrong? Of course he was in the wrong. Yeah. He was being combative. Now, that's not, doesn't make it right what, you know, what Derek Chauvin did. Have to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it doesn't, doesn't make it right. You know, I asked this, I asked my dad, you know, his opinion on it. You know, of course, him being him, he's like, you know how many times I had them put their fucking knee on my neck? Yeah. He's like, all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was a, a wild one in the yeah. day. Um, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not just using that as, you know, as justification. I'm not. Yeah. Because in my opinion, yeah, Derek Chauvin, he he, deserve, he, he deserves it. Yeah. He needs to be held accountable. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because this brings up another topic on they do need to have some kind of reform on how they restrain individuals. Yeah. I think if there is some non-lethal way, and I know they have rubber bullets, they have bean bags, I, I get that. Yeah. But I happen to agree with Jocko Willico. He's mm -hmm. a, a, a retired... Navy SEALs. Yeah. And hearing him talk about the training, the very little training they actually get, talking about police officers. Police officers. Yeah. It's very little. That's very little. And they're not even required to keep their training up. Did you know that? No, I don't. They're not required to uh, via fitness or psychological. They're not. Yeah. Well, and so you know, go ahead, go ahead. They don't even they don't even have uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, like situations, uh, they don't have that kind of training. Uh, yeah, like role training. playing. Yeah, they 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 escalate. They don't. Uh, they, don't know, they don't know how to de-escalate situations. They yeah. don't have any of that kind of training at all. Mm -hmm. And that to me, like hearing that, and hell, I'm not even in the field. That that to me, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, there there was a good picture. There was a picture that he shared on one on one of his podcasts. It showed uh, one of his uh, uh, damn. I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote this guy. Anyways, there there was a fellow marine. It was a it was actually a marine. It was a fellow marine. He he went in to a situation and de-escalated the, the situation without killing anybody. Yeah. He had like three or four Taliban in. Uh, Damn it, uh, zip tie cuffs. Yeah, and I mean this was like life and death. 
And like Jocko talks about these situations, like you know, yeah, we de- we could de-escalate anything in a second. Why can't our police officers do that? Yeah, because to that today, to him, that that is the toughest job in the world, mm-hmm. being a police officer in the United States. Yeah, because what they the interactions they deal with day in and day out. Yeah. So, why do we not have that for them? Why why is that not brought to the table? to to help them combat these situations because i mean right after george floyd it was like bodies were just being dropped just boom boom, oh yeah boom and look i'm a big advocate on like you act a fool and a cop drags you out of the car you deserve that yeah don't act a fool we all that's common sense Mm -hmm. you know you get pulled over don't be smart with the cop yeah you know if your car smells like weed he's gonna pull you over Mm -hmm. he's gonna ask you do you have drugs and if you lie to him, guess what's going to happen? You, he's going to get you out of that goddamn car. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look shady, they have the right to ask you. You know, yeah. What, yeah. You have any illegal weapons? Any drugs? Any contraband? Like, I've I've been there, man. Yeah. I, I I've been interrogated by cops. You know, I've I've been in those situations. It's like it blows my mind when you see the public outcry, like, "Oh my God, another racist cop." Well, no. I mean, the guy was acting a fool. And I know I know a lot of people are like, well, maybe it was being profiled. Okay, yeah, let's, let's say it was profiled, but still, that guy was acting a fool. I think a few things. Um, George Floyd was having a mental health crisis. I really do. Like, he was... Um, yeah, but can you prove that, though? Man, the video footage shows, I yeah, think... Yeah, but, uh, Will, he was loaded with fentanyl, man. E- either way... I like he was legitimately saying, "Officers, I'm claustrophobic." Yes, yes. I, I, I need please. you to put me on the ground. He didn't. He said he would prefer to be on the ground, but that still doesn't mean kill the guy. No, right? no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. But, but I mean, if if someone tells you to put me on the ground, and the officer puts him on the ground. Okay. Yeah, and that but w- what? Oh, go go. But on. that's where I disagree with what Derek did. He, he shouldn't have to put his knee on his neck. Yeah, that was unnecessary. That's I mean, not even dude, operating procedure, right? It, well, no, actually, it, it is. Really? Yes. If you're outsized, if the man is outsized and mm-hmm. can overpower you, you have the right to restrain him in any manner. Now, it's Derek's fucking fault for putting his knee on his neck. He mm-hmm. made that choice. He had three or four other officers there. Yeah. They didn't even help. See, that's the other issue I have. Why did they not help him? Help Derek. Yeah. Like, just hold the guy down. Now, now this was brought up, well, maybe they're running cover because they were in a, seemed to be in a hostile area. Uh, why, why, why would you call it hostile in the first place? I'm guessing it's a low-income neighborhood. Uh, it's very likely. There may be a lot of crime reported in that neighborhood. Yeah. You know, I know these officers have little telltale signs to or how they identify certain neighborhoods. Yeah. They all do. But... That's why I'm very conflicted on the chain of events, man, on this situation. Because it's just shitty. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you go back to the, the body cam footage. They proved that that was fentanyl in his mouth. He had a bag of fentanyl in his mouth. That's why he was turning his head. And the cop was like, why aren't you looking? He wasn't looking at him while he was talking because mm-hmm. he was trying to chew it and swallow it. Because later on, they proved in his biopsy, 
He had he had a massive amount of fentanyl in his so DNA. So eleven micrograms per uh, milliliter, if I'm not mistaken, which is a, a large dose. Okay, um, have you seen the documentary on fentanyl, man? Oh it is yeah, fucking no. scary. I, I mean, um, funniest not funniest. Uh, fentanyl has destroyed uh, the United States oh, of America. It's horrible, um, man. Um, before we get off in the weeds in that, though, I, I think Derek Chauvin is guilty of murder. Um, there is. It, it is going to be impossible for the jury to give a not guilty verdict. I, I'm confident that guy's fucked. What if they, what if they downgrade it to manslaughter? Like, what, what do you think that's going to do to the public? Oh, oh my, oh my God. Okay, see, that's, uh, no, that's, yeah, what, that's, I'm, that's yeah, what I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm afraid if, if they do downgrade them to like manslaughter, you, it's 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 going to get pretty bad in the streets. Yeah, I, I mean, look at you know last last year pre pre you know this was I believe it was May twenty fifth that uh, George Floyd you know the incident, yeah, the incident happened. Yeah. Pre George Floyd, gun purchases were in the millions. You had uh, if I'm not mistaken, twelve million new uh, gun gun owners in the United States. And um, and then, you know, once, you know, the riots started happening, oh, man, you, you've got even more people, you know, purchasing, purchasing firearms. And so you have all these new gun owners purchasing, you know, tools. They don't understand it's a tool, but this tool is extremely deadly. Yes. They don't know how to use it. And, um, I, you know, just look at the psyche of the United States because, I mean, still, it's impossible to get guns and ammo to this day yeah. i have such a hard time getting ammunition um that you know supply is not able to meet demand and i, I agree if they do downgrade it which i would disagree with uh but a jury of you know his peers you know are judging him by that i do think that a i, I could not imagine the the fallout that takes place afterwards. And that's that's a scary thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I've had to uh, kind of maneuver around this with Landon Logan. Yeah. Uh, because I, I know racism exists. Yeah. It does. Uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't stand on the fence saying it doesn't because it does. Yeah. I just don't believe in, in it. You know, I don't. Like, what do you mean? Meaning, I, I don't, I don't sit there and let it consume me. I don't let it, you know. If if I'm talking to an individual out in the street and say he's, you know, other than Mexican or say he's white or black, and he seems hostile towards me, I don't automatically go, well, he must, must not like Mexicans. So I know a lot of people that think that way. Yeah. They automatically go to default, saying, well, probably has a problem with, you know, people that look Hispanic. Like, oh, I just thought maybe he was having a bad day. You know, mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's the biggest default now. Yeah. And even uh, the, the the racial joke, I'm laughing because there's, in my upbringing, man, if, if you weren't racial in, in through the day with your combatants or your coworkers, um, that means y'all didn't like each other. Yeah. You know, I remember working on the rig. You know, we were always talking down to one another mm-hmm. but racially gotcha but at the end of the day 
you know, we always we would always follow up. Hey, you know, man, I was just fucking. Yeah, it was it was just a sense of camaraderie. And I've seen it from both sides, man. Mm -hmm. I have, because of course I'm half. I've seen it from the the whites and the Hispanics. Mm -hmm. You know, I was not white enough, or I wasn't Hispanic enough. And it was it was always the older ones. Yeah, always the older men. It was never the ones my age or younger. Mm-hmm. Always the older men be like, "Why do you not know Spanish?" Yeah. What do you hate Mexicans? I was like, no, I just never, you know, wasn't taught how to speak it. So I can understand, you know, a few few words. And they would always, you know, call me wet or. You, you, you fucking white boy. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's why I, I've grown such a thick skin to it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, nobody prevented me from getting a job because I wasn't Mexican enough or white enough. Yeah. Nobody said, well, you just don't fit the mold. You know, and that's why it's like when I, when I hear these discussions about inequality for, you know, for a certain minority group, you know, I, I, it, I automatically my default is maybe they just don't fit they they don't have the requirements for that job or they don't have the motivation or the effort to do the job and I know there's always that possibility well the person doing the interview just may not like black people or may not like white people you know, there's a possibility mm-hmm. but my experience is man it's hard for me to always go there it is yeah. I just I just don't buy it because if you look around look at all the successful black people in in our society in our culture there's millions of them Uh, you know and i know it's a hot topic man it is it it is and it's just it's a hard pill for me to swallow Mm -hmm. because if we were truly racist against a certain group or certain whoever they just wouldn't be that successful uh, so a few things to dissect. Uh, the only thing I'm going to push back is that I think racism is prevalent in our society. Um, it's, I mean, look, you, you don't even have to look that far. You literally look at the Constitution. Who was the Constitution made for? See, that's that's where you and I differ. I don't, I don't go back. That yeah, I, I always, oh, I'm always I, looking forward, man. I'm always looking to the day. Oh yeah, and no, I know, I, I know where I, you're going. Yeah, no, I can I can start today. I mean, black wealth is two percent that of all wealth in the United States. So yes, there are wealthy, you know, African Americans or Mexican Americans or whatever minority group, but majority of wealth is owned by a single ethnicity. And to discount that, it w- would not be given, doing it justice, right? That there yeah. is a problem, like that the United States has had um i mean our grandmother our mother they grew up in segregated schools you know uh hell i was called the (laughs) n-word by a by a a, a high school girlfriend's dad and um i i think that you know yeah of course anecdotally um you know we have may not have had these experiences but man there are a lot of children that are having these experiences and it's of course, like I was saying, the monopoly paradox. Like, hey, the rules now are changed. Well, shit, man, fucking, they've got 150, 250 years head start. Yeah. And so in terms of, you know, in terms of, you know, who is the best for a job or, um, you know, why do people not get jobs? 
I think that is a that's a really tough subject, you know, because oh, yeah. it's you know case by case basis. Um, but to you know discount that blacks, Mexicans, you know, Asian Americans or whatever minority group women uh, have been kept out of participating in our economic system, you know, would it, it, it that'd be the farthest thing from the truth. Um, you know, it, it was up until what 50 years ago that they were able to you know actually participate in our society um and it's 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 crazy because it's not that long ago yeah like i was saying a minute ago our mom you know went to a segregated high school and you see it in rural communities um you know a, a lot um i think it, it comes down to i think what we're seeing more is a rural urban divide than anything because it is such a um it, i mean you know what gerrymandering is right yes and so um look at look at dan crenshaw's district uh there in in houston literally looks like onyx from pokemon <laughs> and and so these political tools have been utilized to make sure that you know these people stay in power i mean the filibuster was was used by you know, Dixiecrats in the 40s and 50s to ensure that civil rights legislation wasn't passed. Yeah. You know, um, as far as where we're going, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I really don't. I, I think that, you know, inclusivity is great because uh, more perspectives on, on, you know, different subjects are needed. But ultimately, we all should be able to have a rational discussion about what is actually right and what is, you know, the truth. Uh, and another another thing is I, I look at is, you know, if you, had, you, you look at these individuals that are in these riddled communities, you know, who... Who's to say they don't want to get out of there? I bet they don't. I bet they do want to get out. But I mean, but you can't. You can't guarantee that, though. You don't know that. The reason I bring this up is mm -hmm. because I know there's a big, big percentage of the younger younger men turn to drugs. Yeah. Turn to drug dealing. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Who who doesn't want to make drug dealer money? It's under the table. It's it's thousands of dollars a day, mm -hmm. and it's very little work. Mm-hmm. And I, I bring that up because, uh, you know, there was a video I did watch and uh, there, there was a few boys interviewed, uh, you know, asking them about, you know, the way of life, you know, and they, they've asked them, have you ever heard gunshots? They're like, oh yeah, we hear them every day. Yeah. You know, the, well, does that startle you as a kid? No. Like we, we're, we're used to it. And I know that's that's just a small small dose of the uh, all the individuals that face this you know devastation. Mm -hmm. But I, I just I'm, I'm I guess I'm asking you like you know what's your take on that? Like, what what if these individuals don't want to leave? Like, what if they don't want to get out because they're so embedded in that in that in, in their their subculture? Yeah, I, I have to use that word. Um, yeah, no, I, I think one um, historically speaking, like their their areas have been so impoverished economically that the only choices they're able to make are g going to the black market. 
Um, you know, this gets into legalizing drugs. I think we should. If, if you know, the United States goal is to be, you know, more inclusive, make more money um, in general. Yeah, we should decriminalize all drugs, you know. Um, and in terms of in terms of, you know, these individuals in these areas. Yeah. I mean, they are a product of their environment. Yeah, that's they all. They, that's all they know. Um, but. You know, you know, you can ask anyone like, hey, what'd you want to be when you grew up? And if say if they were, you know, dealing drugs or, you know, they made an OnlyFans or they were doing these things that are taboo. I imagine nine times out of ten that they wouldn't have chose what they're doing or what, you yeah, know, because they didn't know it. Well, yeah. Be, well, not just that, because they didn't have the opportunity you know, uh, more than anything. And I think that's what I was getting at. They don't have the economic opportunity to do what they wanted to do. And whether in these impoverished communities, honestly, I, I think the United States is a tale of, you know, two cities, really, it, it really is, you know, because if you are, if you were born in a certain zip code, you could pretty much pinpoint the economic ladder that person will be able to, to reach. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think um, it's, it's sad. I mean, it, it really is sad. I mean, you go to the east side of Austin or you go to Fifth Ward in Houston. I mean, these, these communities have been kept out of economic opportunity for so long that uh, – you know, we are dealing with uh, the repercussions of it today, uh, whether it's, you know, gun violence or drug trafficking or, you know, sexual assaults or, you know, domestic violence. These can all be essentially, you know, pinpointed to a lack of a social safety net and then to a lack of economic opportunity in, in you know, their lives. You know, because if your grandfather was a janitor, well, you are more likely to not be a white collar worker. That's it's 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 an, an uncomfortable, you know, uh, facet of American society and American economic opportunity. I mean, the bifurcation of the COVID economy is essentially those that have bachelor's degrees and advanced degrees, and those that do not, because those that have those advanced degrees have access to what I call the laptop class. They get to work from home. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't, you're working a trade, you're working in the service industry, which were absolutely trades did okay. But the service economy that the United States oh, has it tanked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To where you don't have the same opportunities that others have. You know, and I, I think it's um you know, like the, the stimulus checks, that was a fringe idea up until f literally last year, that universal basic income was impossible. We couldn't do that because yeah. what that would do, that would create laziness. They would spend it on drugs and they, they wouldn't, you know, every stereo, every Reaganite stereotype that, you know, giving people free money would do when most, uh, actually every single study of UBI shows that it actually benefits the greater economy, the macro economy, and actually the micro economy of actually people's lives. Because I, I think the last 30 years of politics has been, hey, the government can't do anything. 
and anything the government does is bad um, was proven wrong. You know, um, that it wasn't companies coming to the rescue. No, they wanted their government to actually do something to protect them. And whether that's for racial minorities or whether that's just for, you know, the working class in general. Yeah, I think that we've got to do more because if we don't, the undershooting has more long-term negative effects than overshooting yeah. you know what you know let me ask you this it, it why you know talking at least in politics does it bother you that not a single republican voted for the american rescue plan in the house and in the senate i didn't know that not a single one so why why is that I think we're getting, um, I think one, um, you know, deficit hawkery that, you know, the Republicans can, you know, I, I think honestly, this is, we, we have arguably a one party system <laughs> instead of a two party system. It's just, you know, two wings of the same party. Um, but, but no, I, I, I think that the Republican party has been overtaken by libertarians economic libertarians that they don't want to really help people out you know they want to help their donors out yeah. you know and if since reagan you know tr the supply side economics um you know trickle down economic theory that's been you know tested and failed um you know ultimately means more money in their pocket whereas when you actually want to help people that gets that gets painted as socialism or communism or whatever ism, you know, these tribalistic labels. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I honestly think that currently the Republican party is in an identity crisis. I think the democratic party is as well. Um, I think people want a third party option more than ever. And the statistics show that, um, because this election really wasn't a vote you know, for anyone, it was a vote against someone. Yeah. And this goes back into what we we're talking about. We are so divided. Yeah, so yeah, we are, we are so divided, man. It's a tender box, even more so than last year. And, um, I don't know how, cause they're doing jury selection right now for Chauvin's case. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, man, you know, I, I had to tune out of politics probably in the middle part of covid crisis i i had to tune it out yeah i, I just i had to because uh, it's it's really hard for me to multitask on that level of thinking on where is this going how are we going to fix it okay what did trump do wrong today you know it was like yeah. i used the word vilified last time it's like there there always has to be a villain in the room with with our society right now that bothered me. That really did. Yeah. Because it was never that way. Now, it may have been that way. It's just the difference now is the media is turned up times 10. Yeah. It's like everywhere you go, it's like Trump, 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 this, that, this, that. And it's like, I'm sick and tired of this, man. It's like, I'm, it, it, it just got old, you know, and I, I know I, I, I told you this last time. It's like every morning I would wake up drink my coffee, put on my boots. First thing on the news, COVID. 
here are the deaths, here's the counts, blah, blah, blah. And then it like it was like not all the time, but it was like something about Trump would follow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd go to work. And it's like the day of the election, Biden, you know, it's like it looks like Biden was taking you know, gonna run with it. Yeah. He, he was he was it. It was like after he was inaugurated, man, boom. On Spectrum News and on some of the other local news channels, it was like, no mention about COVID. It was like, just gone. And I, I think I even, I was going to tweet and make a post about it on Facebook, and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Because I, I I despise those. I really do. Yeah. All social media crap. I, I just, it, it it bothers me now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it just all went away. And like, what I was going to message was like, oh, I guess COVID's gone now that Biden's in office. Mm-hmm. It's like... Me watching the news, it's like that's what I was getting from it. It's because I was so ingrained every morning like clockwork. COVID this, COVID that, COVID this, COVID that. And it's like after Biden, it was like just gone. Yeah. I know it wasn't. I'm not saying it was. I I know it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But it's like now the media is like turned to a different channel. Meaning like they turned the frequency. Yeah. And it's like I have to follow – I almost have to fall on that conspiracy theory. I was like, was this all just to get Trump out or to make him to be a villain? And you and I had a discussion about this. We're like, if he couldn't relate to certain people, he's going to lose. He will lose this election. And I have to agree with you, man. I think he didn't, he did not relate to some of those people that are emotionally driven. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't have a problem with those people. Because we all have a right to do what we want to do and how we want to feel. If people want to be emotionally driven and cloud their judgment, so be it. But I I just can't believe that there has to be that big of a villain for people to, you know, uh, I guess get their way. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's a mark on our society and our culture. And I'm, there's a word I'm looking for on our um or uh like psyche no well don't know that but the way our politics are ran okay uh but what word am i looking like for, the way man? that our politics are just configured in yes general. It, yeah. it's because man when has this ever happened like this i i think one donald trump was a controversial figure yes and, no i uh, agree 100 yeah, percent yeah. agree to that because there was a lot of things that he said I didn't agree with. Yeah. And even the way he said it, I'm like, why did you have to say it that way? Yeah. Like, dude, because that is going to not go well with the big majority of population right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I knew it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, back back when I was uh, doing, you know, the surveys of like, hey, like, you know, name your top three things that are on the ballot for you this, um, this uh, election, this November, uh, always – whether in no particular order was COVID. And if he just gave the semblance of giving a shit about uh, the, his response to, to COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic, um, I think he would have fared a lot better. Um, in terms of being driven emotionally, I mean, that's a human condition. I think it would literally be inhuman to not be emotional. Um, it, it, we have a word for that sociopaths that whether it's psychopathy or sociopathy is from the norm is a deviation from the norm 
to not be emotional. As far as how emotional, you know, is a different discussion. Um, But with, with Trump in particular, I think he weaponized Americans' anger that they felt for the last 10 or 15 years. Because in 2007, I, I don't think people understand how important the housing crisis and the financial crisis play a role in today's politics. Because in 2007, you know, at the end of the George Bush, you know, administration and, you know, Barack Obama's yeah. first term, you know, gosh, man, millions of Americans, you know, lost a lot of money from the oh, 401ks. Yeah. They lost, um, you know, their jobs. Um, they lost their homes. And, um, you know, same thing in 2010, you know, these big banks making these risky, you know, bets and speculation, um, they they continue to get let down by their government, creating this animosity. And I think, you know, Donald Trump has always been a politician, arguably so. In the 70s, in the 80s, he was going on the airwaves and, you know, he would, you know, give his two cents, right? And um, there's, you don't even have to look t- to COVID to, you know, look at how poor of a response um, that he had to crises. I mean, <sighs> For example, you know, his his tax cut. That is not what a right wing populist would do. (laughs) That is not for the people. That was literally for um, 83 percent of (laughs) of the cut went to the top one percent. And I don't think a lot of people understand how wealthy the ultra wealthy are. It's not people that make 150,000, 200, 300,000. These are people that make 50 million dollars or more. You know, and so he did what any Republican would do, a fucking tax cut. And I, you know, he he was fumbling and floundering there, you know, leading up into 2020 uh, to, to the November election. Like he couldn't get his footing um, because he if he would have done his 2016, you know, right wing faux populism, Fuck, he would probably won. If COVID didn't happen, I think he would have probably won. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he would have ran away with it. Because, I mean, um, literally, Brad Parscale, his, um, one of his uh, chief of staff, literally prepared him for a Bernie Sanders nomination. That, just look at the debates, you know. Yeah. You know, Trump's saying, oh, you want open borders this. You want to... Um, you know, free health care that, you know, what the fuck? Biden is a Dixiecrat. He's he's the last. He's the last of, um, you know, these moderate like on paper, Joe Biden might as well be a, a moderate Republican, like by all you know intents and purposes. And so I'm over here like, wait, what socialism is he talking about? Because shit, count me, sign me up, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but but no, I, I think if if Trump had any inkling of of actually showing that he gave a shit, then that would have related to people. People wanted somebody to be presidential. Yeah, I agree. And um, to be a leader. Uh, when he delegated that to Mike Pence, you know, just it just didn't 
I think sit well with people. You know, they felt like they, you know, oh my God, like you're saying, every day of the news watching, I was like, holy shit, like the world's well, you literally, saw it too. yeah. It's like, man, it was just every day. I don't know, maybe I just was having a bad day, but it was like after Biden was inaugurated, I was like, okay, I'm not hearing the same energy on the news. Yeah. No, and, and, I, and I have a problem with that because it's still here. Yeah. But they just choose not to speak about it in the same manner now. Oh, for sure, for sure. And on the on the psyche level, I have an issue with that because a vast majority of people watch the news. Yeah, you know, and it just I don't know. It, it didn't sit well with me, man. It really didn't. Man, why why do you think uh, if you could pinpoint to it? I, I think I have a answer to why. But what what do you think? It is why the media treats Biden differently than they do Trump. I don't know. I mean, hope, <laughs> <laughs> hope that Trump gets out of office. I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think uh, one again. We have the memory of Goldfish, the January sixth, you know, insurrection. Um, I think literally he could have done. He could have kept, you know, claim, you know, the voter fraud claims. He could have kept doing that. And if he didn't do what he did, he wouldn't be in the shit that he was was in, you know, yeah. seeing a second impeachment. Um, but but, yeah, I mean, you know, people, you know, uh, he, I mean, he vilified the media to begin with. Uh, and whether it's justifiable or not is a different discussion. But I think, you know, what you're getting at is that now there there is a flavor of news for for anyone, yeah. you know, that you get to hear what you want to hear in fact and whether that's the truth or not doesn't not not on my tv not not on public tv mm-hmm. it's like i see the same thing on each even on fox man mm-hmm. i even saw it on fox and i'm not saying fox was my flavor yeah but it was like i saw the same energy on every outlet yeah and i i'm so literal I'm I, like I have to be so literal. I look at things through a logic lens, man. Yeah. And when I see little details on how how the media acts and what they say and how they say it, like nah, like that that just doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then seeing a switch after whatever day, it's like, okay, but COVID's still here. Why aren't yeah. y'all still talking about it like y'all were, you know, a few weeks ago? You know, like, like I said, man, it, it puts questions in my head. And it's like I almost have to fall down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, and I hate that. Yeah. Because I'm not big on conspiracy theories, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know a, a good one was, well, did the left create COVID-19 to get Trump? Holy shit. Wait, of really? The, <laughs> out of the office. You know, that, dude, that's a big conspiracy theory. Really? It really is. Oh, God, yeah. And I mean, even Joe Rogan, man, even kind of agreed, like, and that's that's what really struck me to feel this way when I started paying attention to the media and, and news channels. Yeah. It's like, it's easy to paint that picture because it's always the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then it's just, it goes away. Yeah. It's like, we still don't talk about the origin of COVID-19. It's like, it's gone away. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, chief editors of Time magazine was on Joe Rogan last week or week week before, and he's the one that brought that up. He's like, us as a public need to be 
more concerned about the origin of it mm -hmm. to be more uh, knowledgeable, educated, so we, we don't let it happen again. He's like, New York, time, uh, New York Standard Times or Time Magazine, you, you just don't, the, one of the, the biggest magazine and uh, newspaper companies are not speaking about this. And yeah. he, he, he brought it up in that podcast, and I'm like, you know what? He's right. I remember hearing about it a very small portion of the time because I spent a lot of time watching the news, man. Yeah. I think we all did because of COVID-19. It's like we I heard about it that one month, boom, out the window. I know, I know it's it gets brought up here and there. Yeah, yeah. But nothing what I think it needs to be brought up at as Yeah, no, um I mean, I don't no, think and, and uh, let me let me yeah. let me and it, it's not an attempt to bash China. It's not. This is this I think it's just to let the people know to be more educated about it. So people are not astray you know, uh, about it. Yeah. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think one, uh, we need to know, uh, where, uh, the virus originated from. Um, uh, and yeah, it's a zoonic or I might be saying it wrong. Zoonic or zoonotic disease. Um, however, it's extremely important to know its origin. Uh, like you said, so we can contain this, uh, it's where it, it doesn't happen again. The thing is, it will happen again. Oh, yeah, no it, doubt. That, that it is going to. It, it, it is guaranteed. There have been novel viruses and novel diseases all throughout human history. And the role that, you know, uh, China played in this, uh, you can't discount that. You really can't. I mean, you had... Uh, Hell, I was talking about this a couple months ago. Is you wonder why people had such a distrust, or or a group of people having distrust of you know their public health officials or just leaders in general? Well, you're saying one thing, and then you're uh, on the other side of your mouth. You're saying another thing. So yeah. you know, and it, for for example, Dr. Fauci, um, you know, he's deified to an extent by you know a group of people you know the end all be all and i um you know there at the beginning of covid um the, it he was saying don't wear a mask well damn if you look at any of the images of you know uh, doctors and nurses at the time they were you know masked up uh, because we really didn't understand i mean the public didn't understand or have a their hands around it and he said that, I mean, he came out later that summer and said, look, yes, I did say not to wear a mask. He didn't explicitly say that he lied, but he did essentially construct the sentence to where he gave a reason that wasn't, <laughs> I mean, he described a lie so perfectly. I was like, wow, I've never heard a lie, you know, described. Uh, the reason I said what I said was so that, um, the mask supply could go to frontline workers like doctors, nurses, surgeons. Oh man, you, you he know. backpedaled on that no, one. No, exactly. And so, yeah, that, that creates this feedback loop to where, oh, well, I'm not going to wear a mask uh, because, um, you know, I, well, who gives a shit now, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, how I worked uh, today, I had a, had a guy, you know, giving me a hard time about, you know, wearing a mask. I'm like, look, man, Dude, I want to. How how many times have you visualized you punching someone in the face? Oh man, uh, oh dude, I, 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 every day <laughs> for me. I um, 
I, I couldn't, um, I think for the safety of my job, <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that question, but, but no, I mean, quite often, in fact, because yeah. it is such a simple, you know, I love seeing those videos of people running marathons with masks on, uh, because the, the absurdity, uh, hell, this is last year, but there was a, a guy that, I mean, I'm not going to stereotype the guy, but you can imagine what you look like. Um, he was like, look, man, uh, wearing that mask, you're breathing your bacteria back into you, and you're actually getting sick. You're getting sick by breathing in. I was, And, man, I <laughs> I was looking at him like, yeah, yeah, you know, nodding my head. And in my head, I'm thinking, holy shit, this guy is fucking insane. And, you know, these pseudoscience explanations for certain events – I think really do everyone injustice. I, I really do. It, 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 it is for the worse of humankind. Um, the, the idea that, you know, masks don't work is, uh, is absurd, but it doesn't help when you have people like Dr. Fauci or public health officials lying um, or, or their alternative truth or whatever you want to call it. Um, because I mean, look at the lockdowns, like uh, we were talking about this, you know, uh, last time, um, I, I think, you know, you, you've got, you know, Austin mayor, Steve Adler saying, <laughs> saying with the stucco background behind him <laughs> and his Hawaiian t-shirt on, uh, yeah, you know, Hey, y'all got to stay home, stay safe, prevent the spread of COVID-19, which is a great message. But if you're going to be a hypocrite who's in what uh, Cabo San Lucas or whatever, and it doesn't do any justice to the to the actual principle. Yeah. And I mean, I can name, you know, four or five names off, but that's essentially what it came down to. Why would I listen to you if you are not going to emulate your message rules for thee, not for me? Right. And it, it created this feedback loop, whether it was in California or whether it was in Texas <laughs> or Michigan or, you know, X state that I think the what what is your natural response? I tell you to do something. What are you going to do? Man, I'm, like I said, I, I'm so distant now on even local politics at the state level. Um, kind of going back to let's go back to the mask, mask yeah. topic. You know, I, I I wear mine. I do yeah. when I'm out in public. I, I wear it now. Do I wear it when I'm walking from my truck to you know Walmart? No, yeah, I don't. I throw it on. It doesn't bother me. It yeah. really doesn't. And seeing thirty people in the store without their mask, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, like I said, man, I'm people caught COVID even wearing the mask. People caught COVID not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Then you have Dr. Fauci giving his ridiculous statement and then backpedaling. So I I do fall under that category. It's like, I don't know who to believe anymore. Mm -hmm. I was lost. I'll admit it. I was lost. I even asked Jennifer, you know, I'm like, what are your doctors saying? What's your clinic saying? Yeah. Because I don't believe the shit on the TV no more. They, they, they could only follow CDC rules and guidelines, you know, I think everybody was finally going on CDC online and getting the guidelines versus hearing it from Dr. Fauci's mouth on, on yeah. TV. Yeah. And 
I I don't have an issue of anyone's preference anymore mm-hmm. because what did all what did we learn from this? People are going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. You can't fix stupid, man. You can't. Oh yeah, no. I think um, I think one humans are incompatible, um, and not everyone. But the thing that it requires is this cohesive, you know, unit. Uh, I think it was uniquely American, if anything, because we're we're of course talking from an American perspective because we dealt with yeah. COVID the worst, other than Brazil, um, whereas country other first world industrialized nations, Japan, South Korea. Fucking United Kingdom did a better job than us, and we kicked their ass, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, all joking aside, I think it, it's more of a critique of just Americans in general. Um, it, it's our individualized, you know, bootstraps, you know, culture that was really, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it was really emulative of that. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. I do what I want to do. Exactly. And so to where, not that humankind is incompatible with listening to public health guidelines. I think Americans, and you know, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, brush, you know, broad strokes or anything. But, I mean, no, the science is clear. And, like, there's a study that came out um, yesterday that pretty much talked about the effectiveness of mask mandates, you know, uh, because 76% of counties in the United States had a mask mandate. And, you know, you've already got these fucking nut jobs um, on Facebook and on Instagram, um, you know, posting the study like, oh, it's only, you know, 1.1% uh, effective. That's how effective it was. Well, the thing is, is that they don't understand how to read statistics. It was talking about the p-values. Um, of how statistically significant mask wearing was. So I think this goes to a larger, um, you know, problem is that people don't understand statistics um, because mask wearing worked. It was effective uh, to stopping the spread of coronavirus. Um, I think it just came down to people just really didn't like the messaging of like, shit, like I've got to wear a mask like everywhere I go. And when um, I had a lady uh, come to the store and she she had a freedom to breathe um, like name badge or whatever and said that, you know, I have the right to breathe like air and whatnot. And I'm looking at her like, what the fuck is happening right now? Um, but no, I mean, I, I think uh, the science. Yeah, it's clear. Like mask mask worked. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know? know and I, I agree with that, man. I really do. But also. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not backpedaling on that yeah. by any means. It, it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna hundred percent prevent you from catching it. See, and that's something else you need to add in that because they even Dr. Fauci even said that. Oh, even for sure. See, even on the CDC online, it says it's not a hundred percent gonna prevent you from catching COVID. Mm-hmm. There's still a percentage of the, of it happening. It just helps. Yeah. It helps stopping the spread. It helps. It does help. Yeah. Um, something that, and I, I looked this up just the other day, something that did, it, this has helped, flu counts down. Yeah. Flu's down. And yes, you could you could correlate that with the mask, stay at home. There's not a lot of people out in public. Yeah. I'm real curious now, now that Texas has opened up a little bit more, mm-hmm. I guess 100%, I say a little bit more. Um, 
what that's going to do with flu. I wonder if flu is going to spike. I I don't know. I I I think that yeah no the the social distancing guidelines, the uh, mask wearing, um, these public health measures. Yeah, I mean from my from what I was reading, twenty twenty there was twenty two thousand flu cases or whatever. Man, that's that's low. Um, yeah. You know, I mean that's still you know significant, but um, I, I think. Have you looked them up this year? It's like two hundred, man. Two, like two to five hundred, I think. I mean, that's. I mean, that's good. Like up to this point. Yeah, but I mean, now the the thing, the uh, a problem is, is that you have people that don't even trust the numbers that they believe that. Bingo! It, it's, I was just gonna say yeah, that. because I mean, look at here's an example. Um, you know, Andrew Cuomo, um, literally falsifying numbers of nursing home deaths. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Oh no, man, that that's criminal. (laughs) That's absolutely absurd. That one, he would do it. But I mean, this is getting like not to get off into the weeds. You can, you know, be impeached for sexual assault, but you kill nine thousand, you know, elderly residents in nursing homes, but you're fine. That is that is disgusting. Um, They're both bad, but that's nine thousand lives. Yeah, and I um. And it does, again, it does nothing to help actual objective facts. Because objectively speaking, there are 530,000 people dead. Yeah. You know, that is horrible. That, one, without COVID, they would probably still be alive. Would they have died of like... Um, That's a million dollar question, which you're about to say, man. No, no. Arguably, they it's, would still be statistically speaking, they would probably still be alive. Yes. A major, a vast majority of them. Um, you know, overall fatalities in 2020 were way deviated from any time in this decade. And so, I, um, objectively speaking, it is it is a very uh, it, it's sad. It really is because I mean. We are now, you know, th- this ties into anything that we've talked about. We don't agree on anything. We don't agree on a single freaking thing. So um, whether it's the numbers or objectivity or just, hey, is the sky blue at this point that we are so disassociated from what is real? Yeah. You know, and with all, with all that's happened, man, you know, like, like I've told you, uh, I, I've really had to kind of not not saying change the way I've been, you know, being a educator to my boys. Yeah. But look, guys, comply. Mm-hmm. You know, follow rules, follow direction. Be cur- be be courteous to one another. Be respectful. Um, you know, if you're doing something you don't like. Just do it. Get it over with. Mm-hmm. You know, don't break the law. You know, be good to your environment. Be good uh, to the person next to you. Um, and, and this falls under the, the George Floyd incident. You know, uh, I've had to, Logan's asked me a few questions like, why this, why that? And I'm like, well, son, he, he was breaking the law. No, I'm not. I'm not speaking about George Floyd. No. Just you know, over certain other uh, videos that he's he's watched on, on TV. Yeah. Like, well, he did this. 
cop had to arrest him. You know, it's like don't don't be a criminal. Mm-hmm. Don't do criminal things. And that I don't know, man. It's just it's just been it's been very very stressful. It's very stressful thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, you ask me, you know, what do I think? I just hope for the best, man. I just I hope we all can just get along at the end of the day, <laughs> man. And being divided is good to a point. Shit, I don't know, man. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, is if, if we all agreed on everything. I mean, how would anything grow? How would anything prosper? You know, it's like having competition. You need competition mm-hmm. to know where you're failing or where you're being, what you're doing good versus your competition. You know, it's like the old school politics is out the window. Like you said, man, it's like one party now. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, man, like my past years, even as a, a, a young man growing up, I was uneducated about politics because I did not care about it. Yeah. I, I just honestly didn't care. And I do regret that. I really do. I, I wish I would have dove more into it in my younger days. Uh, you know, it's not too late. I know it's not. Oh, yeah. But it's like now really diving into it, it's like, damn, I don't want to know now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it so gross? Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's the 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 thing is like I, I get what you mean. Like hey, like being divided is is healthy because it would be weird if we agreed on everything. However, the infrastructure of the current system we have is so broken that it has created a violent reaction yes. to to what the current status of you know people's lives are is that is what politics is it is everything it is how you live your life and i think people are seeing like hey wait a minute y'all are giving billions of dollars to people that don't need it what the the fuck hey like we need that help you know and um man i as much as where i think the american rescue plan doesn't go far enough like hey at least they fucking did something because if they didn't, that is a scary situation. You have, you know, look at the Great Depression and, and you know, um, how, you know, they literally had Hoovervilles. They would call them Hoovervilles, you know. You had uh, malaria in, you know, urban cities. You had people that had nothing but despair. And the last 30 years, you know, deaths from despair have been increasing and even more so under COVID. And so I think that we're in for a real reckoning and a realignment because the way that this, you know, duopoly or, you know, oligarchy has been running the show, I think the veil was lifted. Yeah. Hey, motherfuckers, like. Y'all have been robbing us through the back door and distracting us with these fucking non-issues, whether it is, you know, um, Dr. Seuss, whether it is, you know, these these fucking trivial matters that don't really mean anything to people's lives. And so I do think it is it is concerning that yeah people are tuned out but i think they're tuning more in and i thank donald trump for that more than anything because people 
they disagree. Like a lot of Trump's po- policies really weren't all that popular, and so they them not being popular. Hey, well, that turns people's light bulbs on. They get to thinking, hey, well, why isn't that popular? What can we do differently? And you know, introduces them to politics, and they should participate in their politic. And so I, I'm happy that people are now starting to pay more attention because ultimately that means the material conditions and the material well-being of, of Americans and and the greater uh, society of our world will be even better for that. So I, again, um, I am hopeful, but I am, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of a nihilist Tread, and, and a pessimist. Tread lightly, huh? Exactly, you know. So I, I really, you know, if... if hell 10 years ago if you had told me shit would have been this bad because shit's bad shit's bad like we're a tinderbox right now um economically you know you have literally a new economic class created in the last decade the precariat to where you have the gig economy the gig workers you know how many people do we know that drive an uber that you know whatever ride sharing platform or delivering food like Ross Perot said, we're all going to be delivering pizzas to each other. And so, I mean, it's true, though. Like, fuck, we are in a bad situation and things got to change. They've got to. This whole libertarian view. There's no libertarian country in the world, you know, and that's where Republicans are out of step with their constituents. They need fucking help and they need it right now because if they don't, the only other option is a violent reaction that we're seeing and i mean you know whether it's whether it's um crime goes up um the those correlate with your economic situation and fuck man i don't know you know i there's a few republicans i know man they told me they're they're independent now really yep why do you think that is you know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't get to really discuss why. I guess they're just so pissed, man. They're so upset with their own party. They just said, I'm independent now. Damn. I mean, uh, you know, there, there was, there, I mean, I disagree with, you know, typically conservatives on every single issue. Uh, but it's, it's even more apparent now that, uh, I mean, things got to change, you know, and that's what, if anything, I hope things change for the better for my nephews, for the younger generation, um, because it, again, it is a it is a bleak outlook. Whether it's climate change or the economic opportunities that are going to be for, I mean, you know, you've got the cost of college going up nearly a thousand percent. You've got you know wealth inequality that is you know essentially this K shaped economy to where why are CEOs making you know was it. 400 and something percent more than the bottom worker when that was closer to 35 40 percent 20 years ago what the fuck happened and so uh again hey i want people to start asking that question hey what the fuck happened because this isn't right i think people see that so i don't know man so what do you think um you, you bringing up universities where do you think that that lies in the future you think we're going to be required now to have masters on even at the entry level? Oh man, it might as well be that way. I think it already is that way. You've got people that have masters and advanced degrees that the only way they're getting their foot 
in the door with an interview is that they have a fucking master's degree. And that, that entry-level job is paying like fucking $14, $15 an hour. It's absurd, God, right? Man, I have such a problem with that. No, yeah, it's... It's, it's ridiculous. And so, um, so you have, you know, we have a lot of people with advanced degrees, which is good. A educated society yeah. is a good thing. Um, but in terms of... In terms of actual job availability, like these, we're talking about these specialized degrees to where, I mean, there might be only a few um, job opportunities available for them. Because I think this is, you know, this gets into a, another issue of do, because I hear this all the time because it's like, oh, they're all going for their gender studies degree or their, you know, liberal arts degree. I don't think that's true. I, I, I one, I know it's not true uh, because I know a lot of people with STEM degrees that, dude, they they don't know what to do. I mean, they can't get the job they want to get. I mean, who the fuck is hiring right now? And um, what I think is going to happen, uh, there's two things. Either one, we fix the system itself. Um, we we one, I mean, a lot of tuition costs go to the administrative costs. That needs to change entirely. We shouldn't be paying, um, you know, so that these presidents of the university can have these five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars salaries. Um, two, um, we have essentially financialized sports in the college world. I mean, a lot of the, the tuition costs, again, not only go to administrative costs, they actually go to building these huge, yeah, you know, facilities. yeah, exactly. And so that's not even the point of college. I thought it was higher education, right? And so we've, you know, essentially made an entertainment industry. And so, you know, where all this money is going to the wrong, wrong spots. And, um, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, um, yeah, it's in the 90th percentile, 90, 90, 90 plus percent or more Americans want a federal jobs guarantee, you know, and whether that's through a program like, you know, the Green New Deal or anything or an infrastructure project. Um, the American people want that. And so, yeah, let's send these people to college. Um, but Hey, we got to address why the costs of college have gone up so much. And that is administrators want more money and two, they've tried to get more people into their universities by creating an entertainment ecosystem of these giant hundred million dollar or more, probably billion dollar facilities that just not all the students are taking, you know, they, they don't care, you know, to go to these giant football stadiums. They don't care if there's a state of the art, you know, facility. And so, um, God, if they, if it's not addressed, you're going to pretty much keep out working class and middle-class families or what is left of the middle-class from being able to participate in higher education. And that right there is a problem. It really is a problem because, um, you know, if if we don't have these discussions or we actually fix the system, you're just going to have a elite aristocracy that jobs and it, you know, pretty much shuts out any social mobility uh, from working middle to, you know, upper class society. Yeah. And that, I think, is the antithesis of the American dream, really. You know, we uh, you had asked me about trades, and uh, which you know, there's nothing wrong with trade career. You know, doing the trade path. Yeah. Um, you had asked me uh, if why 
why was it frowned upon? Mm-hmm. And you know, I got to thinking about that, and so there, a lot of people tend to think, well, since you don't have a degree, or you know, you didn't go to college, uh, therefore you're not you're not at my level. Yeah. So you, you work in a trade job, you're not educated enough mm-hmm. to advance, like like you were saying. And that still rings to to this day. It's like if you don't go to college, you know, you're just you're not educated. Or you're not you know, like I said, you're not at my level. Yeah. That's why trades are frowned upon. And the, growing up, I wasn't I wasn't uh. I really didn't. My my dad and my mom, my yeah. mom, really didn't talk much about it to me. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't know. You know, I was always told, you know, got to go to college. Coming from, coming from our mother. Yeah. Not so much my dad. You know, my dad just like you know, get a job, <laughs> go to work. Yeah. So that's all he knew. He didn't know nothing about college. So. Again, you know, kind of going back, being more educated about something really would have helped myself coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where our public system fails, man. It, 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 it fails helping educating our kids. It's like they're an empty shell, and they just pump information in. They got a test. Therefore, oh, you get a good grade, you're praised. Yeah. That's it. And I, I so let me retract. So... Yeah, I, I took ag ag class, but they they still didn't educate you mm-hmm. about that path. You know about welders, about electricians, about plumbers, yeah, HVAC technicians. They just showed you what they did, and that was it. For sure, for sure. There's a meme that I've seen that it's like, hey, um, it's looking at a. Uh, a plumber and he's bending over, you know, his crack is showing stereotypical yeah, manual, manual and, labor. And it's a mom telling her son, well, if you don't go to college, you'll end up like that. And the guy's yeah. like, Hey, I make $98,000 a year, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I think it's stigmatized. I think it's, uh, it is literally classist, um, you know, a classist stereotype that has been ingrained in Americans that, you know, the trades are for the dirty working poor yeah. working class. And, that there are better things in life. These are essential jobs that literally hold our infrastructure together. And so I think we have to start reconfiguring and rethinking what it means, not only to be, you know, uh, American, but also, hey, like, we need a backpedal and actually examine. Does everybody need to go to college? No. No, I don't think anyone's arguing that. But I think there does need to be a reconfiguration of, what higher ed education and you know social mobility really is because if we don't it just creates this this cycle uh, two cycles cycle of poverty and cycle of animosity because you have people looking down on anyone in a trade anyone in the service industry and some of the smartest people i know are in the service industry are in the trades they're not these assholes with these bullshit degrees let's be honest they a degree does nothing but says hey i went to college for four years because look motherfuckers like trump and bush have fucking degrees and they did horrible so one no 
a degree isn't emblematic of how smart you are. No, I agree to that. It is literally that you are willing to pay the time and take the time, take the time, and you know, had the money to do so. Working class families don't have that that time or money, because if you had a kid, a group of kids, you know, back you could go as early as 1950, 1960. Hell, you were working with your father, you know, uh, whatever he was doing, or your mother, and so. I don't know what happened. I really don't. You know, they. I, I don't know when, how it became this, this condescension. You know, looking down from the spire on on you know the 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 dirty people that are you know doing these. It's yeah. it, it's disgusting when you know you think about it because uh, there's this power dynamic. Um, in the service industry between, you know, waitresses and waiters and, you know, the people they're serving or, um, you know, even like we were saying how, you know, parents don't even take a serious look at trades because it's not right. It's not. It's, it's not. And, um, you know, hell, if my nephews or, you know, anyone wanted to go into a trade, I mean, hell, good for them. Like I was saying, you can make some serious fucking money. You know, this this goes back to the, the discussion, what I, I was trying to say about public schools. You know, all a kid is is a a little scientist. Yeah. That, that's all kids are. You know, Neil deGrasse Tyson always tells a story, and I'm guilty of it. I'll admit it. Uh, you know, he, he was giving a speech. He's like, you know, I was, I was walking uh, down the street and, you know, had just – it just got done raining. Yeah. There's a mother and a child. The, kid, the, the little boy's three or four. And there's this big puddle, big puddle. And he states, he's like, just please let that little boy jump in the puddle. Let him jump in the puddle. Because that's his curiosity. That's how he's going to learn. You know, if I make this big splash, it, it's, I'm, I'm creating a force. And look what the force does. Look what gravity does with the water. And... He's like, no. All she does is drag that little boy away from the puddle. Say, no, not today, Johnny. <laughs> and he and he's like, that that is a problem. Taking that away, that experience away from that little boy. Yeah. You know that, that's that's what I, I that's why I said what I said about the public system. You know, how how do we create better learners? lifelong learners mm-hmm. Did, would you agree to that like oh for sure you know the the, the public schools and I, i'm not trying to d- degrade or demise public schools they yeah. do play a good part in growing up they yeah. do you create memories you you know you actually go and and learn something hopefully you have a good teacher god but yeah. no i mean yeah we, we i'm sure we all have good stories to tell yeah but you know, you're this empty glass, you're empty vessel. They feed you this information, hoping you're going to pass the damn test. Yeah. Okay. I, and what, I, I, like, I, that just, I have a lot of questions about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because you know? I, I agree. One, uh, funding, we got to change the fund. Like, we need to fund public schools. And in the other day, you can't look at something and say, hey, why isn't it working when it is not funded properly i mean that's how republicans have been able to demonize you know public schools not teaching well motherfuckers y'all been defunding it for the last 30 years of course it's not going to work and um you know actually 
paying teachers more. Man, they are an extremely important component of our society. And did you know that? No, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, what's up? So, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think teachers get paid different per county. There's oh, for not, sure. There's not like a, a base. I know there's a base average. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. If you're in Westlake and you're a teacher at Westlake High School, you're probably making damn good money. Or if you're in, you know, a small town, yeah, you're not going to make that as much money. Well, so, so wouldn't you strive to be in Westlake? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I again, I think that goes back to state funding. I think there needs to be a minimum, you know, floor for these teachers because, of course, you, you, you see burnout. Teachers have crazy oh, yeah. records of burnout, you know. And these are people that go into the, the, the industry bright-eyed and wide-eyed, and they're like, I'm going to change children's lives. And they're pulling their hair at the end of the day. Exactly, because they they are using their paychecks to, you know, get materials, to, to actually, you know, try to make a difference. When, hey, if they made, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars more, they wouldn't need to do that, you know? Or hey, if we just funded the schools to where to where they actually had the curriculum, yeah, I don't standardized testing, yeah, I think that's a joke. Um, like of course there should be metrics, but to just learn for the test, that does nothing to help, you know? Um but yeah, no, we've gotta change uh the the standardized testing model. Um, of course there, there do need to be metrics, but let's be honest. These kids are learning for the test. They're learning for the star yeah. test or the, the, you, you know, um, what was it? The ta- tax, toss. toss and tax. Yeah. Damn. We're old now, man. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, it, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, drive curiosity at the end of the day because the, it becomes a chore. It's not fun. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I really hope that in the the coming years there is actually good, you know, public school reform because the the answer is not to privatize schooling because what that does is create a class system and a caste system of those who have and those who have not. Yeah, trouble. Yeah, exactly, and so it will create this horrible feedback loop and cycle that we're living through currently. Because we are seeing the effects of defunding, you know, the public school systems. We are seeing the effects of economic despair that Americans have seen for the last 20 years. And all we could do is hold our leaders accountable to actually vote in our best interests at the end of the day. I really do. So, well, man, we're at uh, <laughs> we're at two hours now. It goes by quick. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So you're going to come back on? Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this up, man. Um, everybody, I pre- appreciate it. Oh, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, we've got some slops to eat, too. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, this was uh, a good uh, coming back uh, episode and whatnot. Anything else you want to say? No, just everyone be safe. Wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Not wear your mask. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> At this point, fuck it. You know. Um, but but no, awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. Good night, everybody.